this needs to be rectified because it's it's not good or it's harmful. Or yeah. It feels flat and uninformed and with no substance. But I have to be honest, it tastes more like raspberry than blackberry. I don't know why. Every time you say something wrong, let me correct you because I'm the know-it-all. Careful. We're going to perpetuate that here at The Real Brian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which goes along with us watching Cobra Kai for the very first time. Oh, yeah. They yeah. just choose to forget about it. And then it's like the good writers brought in their B team and went home. That's a lot of people. It's just not my thing. But of course... Nobody wants to hear what your thoughts are. We're not going to spoil nothing. Okay, this is where I got to split it. I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, my A real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. So how's your health doing this year? Did you realize that the internet wasn't around in 1991? Did you know that I found a fascinating and hopeful interview from the mouth of Gene Roddenberry? What did you think of The Mandalorian this week? Would you like some fun Christmas music and Christmas movie suggestions? Do you want another origin? Do you know the McAllisters are going to France? Do you know if it's cold there? Do these vans get good gas mileage? How fast does this thing go? Does it have automatic transmission? Does it have four-wheel drive? Do you think we should rock it? Did you know this is with The Real Brian Show? Did you know that I'm The Real Brian? Did you know that Captain Influence is joining us this week? Did you know that... Oh, okay. Sorry, should I stop? Did you know that I don't want you to stop? <laughs> Gee, I don't know, kid. Beat it. I, I think we overdid the did you know phrase. Did, um, would you like to know more? <laughs> I don't know. It's fun, man. That, oh, You know what's so funny is I, I feel like I do the same Christmas quotes every single year, and that one just popped into my head, and I'm like, Yes! I don't think you've done that before, to be honest. Never. Yeah. I love that. That's a new one, I think. Yeah. Fantastic pull, by the way. Thank you. I had a friend who sounded like that and asked questions like that all the time. He was (laughs) kind of annoying at times, you know. Did you, you know, did these things get, I don't even know. It was crazy. I was just like, stop, stop asking questions. Well, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it as always. We're here to have some fun. So join us. Captain, how are you doing? I'm awesome. How are you doing? Another day in paradise, man. Yeah. Well, you know, let's keep, even. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, let's keep telling ourselves that because there are days that are hard and I know you work hard and you've had some stressful days. And, and the more you continue to say that, the more you continue to say, you know, you're right. Even amidst yeah. the challenge, we can actually truly believe that it is still, I mean, it could be a lot worse. So, oh yes. Thank keep you. Keep that in mind, people. Thank it could be a lot worse. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. Oh, man. Okay, I think we officially decided on the never-ending studio. Yay. I like I, it. I did it again. <laughs> I think it's Steve great, Holt. man. Good job. Yeah, everyone's yeah, like, can, oh, that's, that's great. Thing, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, good, pe- people good loved it. It's a good time. So we're, we're going to have to get creative now with, like, the never-ending studio song and all of the naming of the, like, the computer and the monitor and the mixer and the microphone and the hot seat. And, you know, it's going to be fun. Maybe we can also get a, an Indian singer that sounds like a woman. Do you think we can manage that? You mean for Never Ending Story Song? Yeah, the song, the Never Ending Studio yeah. song, the yeah. theme song. Well, why don't we just get the main? Who who was that? I don't remember, but it was fascinating because I thought, yeah, I thought all it was a my girl childhood too. it was a female singer. Nope, it's the Indian guy. 
Interesting. <laughs> Why don't we just reach out to him and be like, hey, man, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to look this up because now we cannot be we can't be left hanging. All right. We're going to send you some lyrics, bro. Dude, bro. Could you send us a new never ending Lamal studio song? Is his name Lamal? Lamal like L-I-M-A-H-L? That sounds right. Lamal. Never ending story. It looks like it. And here he is. <laughs> Lamal.com. I have a project for you. You have to sing the never ending studio. <laughs> here's 50 bucks. $50. Send us, send us a low, <laughs> low quality, low quality, uh, sound recording. He's going to be like 50 bucks allows me to respond to your email to say no. <laughs> hey, but at least if you responded like that, we could put that on the website and laugh at it. So. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. That'd be great. You know, you never know though. What if we were to get him on and be like, dude, you are a famous icon. Although I was looking and he has like 450,000 <laughs> listens a month on Spotify. Wow. So he's no um, yeah. has been. He's a real deal. Well, he is. But I mean, you're right. He's probably still a real deal as well. But uh, yeah. dang it. In, in our culture, maybe he's still huge in India, to be honest. Well, that's I mean, true. Totally could be. People out here are like, who? What movie? What's the never ending? Did you say story? Oh, they, they do. They know the never ending Are you kidding? Story. Not everybody knows falcor the luck dragon people are like what the heck is a falcor hey what are you drinking what are you drinking man dude i'm drinking blackberry iced tea tastes more like raspberry than blackberry i don't know why sounds good maybe my yeah it's it's great nice then you i have here some espresso with that glorious local and amazing eggnog that i rave about every single year Always upscaling me there, Brian. With no, your drinks not at all, such, man. Huh? Blackberry iced tea is far healthier. We'll talk about maybe some health next week, actually. I think uh, we need to. We're about due for some health discussions, probably. I, I think we, we are, yeah. So yeah. You're, you're on the right track. I'm drinking eggnog, which is definitely good for the gut, man. It's good for your eight well, pack. I'm, well, I'm jealous, and uh, we can leave it at that. Oh, man, that is good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Speaking of Christmas and eggnog, and I love eggnog, and some people hate it, but whatever. I lampooned out even more around here. Wow. This place seriously looks like, I mean, we talked about Christmas thrown up in the place. I mean, it's, it's even more. It was like project tile Christmas decorations. Have you been getting dirty looks from your neighbors in the last few days? No, you want to know what was amazing is our, (laughs) our next door neighbor. And then the two next to them all put up lights this year. And it is the first year ever that we've lived in this area, which has been a very long time that all four units have put up lights in the same year. Oh, that's great. I, I was kind of hoping, I was kind of secretly hoping for a, uh, you run into your neighbors and they'd be like, oh, hey, Brian, yeah, those lights look fantastic. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Bye. Freaking humbugs. Yeah. No, everybody has actually reached out genuinely and saying, oh my gosh, thank you so much. That brings so much joy to us. Oh, well, you have good. no idea that's, how much that's, that's been a, a blessing. So people have said that. It's really cool. Good. Good. We have cool neighbors and I'm like, it actually looks like Christmas around here, which is cool because, you know, condos, people don't decorate for Christmas very often outside no you know of course not it's very well, cool our neighborhood in des moines is very light on the christmas decorations oh, i don't know if that's bad. just this year or i never do christmas decorations at all uh not that i'm humbug or anything i just it's just not my thing yeah. my wife and i don't want to put forth the effort each year to put them up and take them down uh it's nice it. to see it around but our, our neighborhood's pretty sparse so it's weird because this year is the most i've seen in our area in years. I mean, if not forever, because it's just, here's the thing though. People needed joy with everything that's going on this year. And I think a lot of people said we need lights. We need something to bring us some more joy. And also it's been in the fifth, like the high fifties and low sixties for the past couple of weeks, which that's very unusual in December. Usually we will get a two or so week period where it's negative temperatures. That's like 
the famous December two week negatives. Interesting. Which I yeah. used to love because it was like, you know, it makes your nose hairs freeze and you just got a really bundle <laughs> and it's just, it's fun. It's like, oh, it's Christmas, you know, and you smell people's fireplaces and all the wood burning and it's just, it's beautiful, right? I'm out biking in this. I'm in shorts. It's warm. What is going on? Christmas is in, you know, two weeks from today. What, what is going on? Although to be fair, I'm thankful for that. Although I think it's supposed to snow like any time now. So. Yeah, it's coming, dude. I got to get that. I got to get my snowblower figured out. I've been procrastinating. Did I tell you guys this? I, they left me this huge snowblower in yeah. our garage when we moved in. You did. And I still haven't figured out how to work it. Not that I've tried and failed. I just haven't gone in there and gone, okay, let's let's make sure I know how to run this thing when I need to. Yeah. I haven't done it yet. So well, you haven't had the yes, need I'm to. I'm a procrastinator. No, I haven't, but I am a procrastinator and it's going to come right up. It's going to, I'm going to see the snowflakes start to fall and I'm going to go, oh crap, I'm going to run into the garage and, you know, get my gas or oil, whatever I need to do to get it running and right in the nick of time. That's just what's going to happen. I heard a phrase, I think it was called like timely learning or just in time learning <laughs> or something like that. And there, no, yeah, there's, there's something very valid to that, that there's too much to learn. There's too much information. You can't possibly yeah. remember it all. So, you know, it's not a bad thing. Are you procrastinating? Not necessarily. You're just you're <laughs> waiting to learn it when you absolutely need to, and then you'll learn it. Uh, you know, Brett, I so appreciate that. You're putting a you're putting a good you're you're shining a good light on my procrastination. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm serious though. It's like it's <laughs> only just on the real Brett show. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, hey, I'm I'm here for you, man. I'm, I'm well, I, I truly appreciate that. I like your explanation, and I will use that when my wife asks me about it next. So yeah. well, Brian said <laughs> <laughs> and Brian's speaking, always right. Speaking of my wife, uh, she, she, yes, you did. She, um, you from the Southwest, right? Yes, I am from Phoenix. That is the Southwest. <laughs> and, and you're, are you familiar with the Phoenician tradition of putting out what's called luminary, luminarias? Luminarias? Oh, yeah. Luminarias. Oh, we used so to do it all the time. In warm climes in the Christmas, in mm-hmm. the United States at least, it's common to see yards with these little white paper bags aligning their sidewalks and whatnot that have little Christmas cutouts, kind of like little paper bag jack-o'-lanterns with a little LED or a candle even inside at, on the bottom that lights you know, the decoration from inside and whatnot. They're called luminarias. Yep. Well, so my wife has a big thing for New Mexico. It's her, it's her sole place. Oh, nice. She wants to move us there eventually. She's from Phoenix. She was born and raised in, in Scottsdale. Oh, I didn't know that. And um, yeah, that's where I met her when we were 14. We didn't get married at 14, guys. That's a long story. But um, <laughs> close. she, here in Des Moines, she put those out just like a couple days ago oh, or so a few cool. days ago. A few hours after she set them out, you know, obviously nobody else in Des Moines has these out in their yards. A few hours later, they were wilted oh. and collapsed in on themselves <laughs> because the air here is so wet, even when it's just cold and not yeah. precipitating. It's just wet, clammy environment and yeah. versus the dry environment in Southwest. So luminarias bad idea in Des Moines. <laughs> just telling you guys. Okay. So you're curious. There is, well, I've seen these before, but they have, they're plastic looking. Yeah. So they're plastic versions of a like hard plastic paper bags, if you know what I mean. Right. So you can get those and then you can put in the, whatever the candle or the led candles yes. or whatever. I've seen people with those because of the cold and potentially humid climates. My wife mentioned that. And she said that the problem with those is often the LEDs have more trouble shining through, you know, making them oh, yeah. glow yeah. than paper does. So um, no, and that makes sense. 
It's funny you're mentioning the white paper bags with cutouts and stuff like that. That must be like a, a new fancy thing because when I was a kid, everybody had the brown paper. I mean, you know, the brown lunch bags. Really? You know, brown bag it to, to yeah. yeah, class every brown day lunch at school. Bags, yeah. We used to, that's what everybody put out there was just brown paper lunch bags what? and you put real <laughs> candles in them, you know? No, that's just what it was. That that was the original tradition. Nobody did white or nobody did cutouts back then. It was just like, it was a brown oh, bag that, that was the... That was the original tradition. But yeah, everybody. I mean, we always did it every Christmas. I mean, it was houses upon houses lined up with those luminarias. And oh, they were so beautiful at night. Yeah, they are pretty. So when they work, they're pretty. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> that's so cool. You brought back a good memory that I had forgotten about because we just well, yeah, never too. did in Colorado. I, I also want to mention really fast. Yeah. I've been nerding out on something that I haven't nerded out, nerded out on since I was in college in the oh. mid 90s. Yeah. And that is Warcraft 2. <laughs> The original wow. awesome RTS, not the first RTS by any means, but the original epic, huge selling RTS, it still holds up. I'm still addicted to it. Interesting. It's like, it's fun to play, even though it only takes up like a third of my screen. I'm addicted to the original Warcraft 2. I'm having so much fun playing it. I just wanted to share that. That's cool. I had to update my TRB's Christmas mix. I'll link it. I was going through and I'm like, man, some of these are kind of meh songs. I just put them in there because I wasn't sure. So took those out, weeded them out. And then, of course, added in some really, really good ones. Like I said, I'll put the link in the show notes. Follow it. Cool. Uh, you know what? Okay. And I don't know if I've ever mentioned this one before, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's not even on my list. But I heard it this morning and I just thought, oh, it's so good. So I love Andrea Bocelli, you know, amazing singer. And I love Mary J. Blige, who's also okay, a great yeah. singer. Well, they did a duet of what child is this? And oh, oh interesting. Gosh, it's good. It's not what you would expect. I mean, here's an opera singer mixed with a hip hop singer, and it is so good. So check that one out. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll put that in the show out. notes. You remember the original Rudolph Claymation movie from oh, 1964? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love that. That whole soundtrack was so just charming, you know? It's just nice. <laughs> it's so quaint. <laughs> it, it, quaint. Yeah. It, it's very nice. You know, it's classic. And then same with the Home Alone soundtrack. It's just like, oh, this yeah. is, you know, John Williams, so beautiful. There's two artists here. Charlene, is it is it Chashi Chashe? It's C H O S S H E Y. I want to say like Chas. Hey, Chase. Anyway, something like that. Called Christmas Time is here. That you know, just like the Charlie Brown song. That's the name of the album. But there's a lot of very Irish sounding songs in there. It's really fun, very different, very fun to listen to. And then of course, what comes up with that is Celtic Woman, who's oh, also yes, very Celtic Irish. Woman. Yeah, <laughs> and they have a, a uh, an name. album called The Magic of Christmas. And oh my gosh, once again, absolutely glorious. But particularly, there's three of them that you're just like, whoa, Green Sleeves and huh. O Come Emmanuel and then Carol of the Bells. All three of those, like the instrumentation in all three of those songs, you're just like, oh my gosh, they're so good. Celtic Woman, for those of you who don't know, is this group of female singers that's kind of a rotating, but they're a big deal internationally. They pack auditoriums and stuff wherever they play. I've never seen them, but I've heard their music over the years, and uh, I didn't realize they were still going, but I guess I'm not surprised because they're they're huge. It's a different type of group because they've been around forever. Yeah, I mean, just with different members, yeah. Check it out. Cool. I'll put some in the TRB's 2020 mix as well, and then I, like I said, I'll share the other one, and then I have... When we get closer, I have two really cool songs for, for New Year's Eve to share. Oh, okay. But not yet. We're going to wait. Not yet. Yep. We're a little, little too premature. I know. We got to focus on you know, the Christmas songs first. So we need to have an origin, please. Do we? Yes, <laughs> well, we do. Do you want to know more? Do you want an origin? Do you want to know what the walls have ears means? <laughs> the walls have ears. Does this Sounds like a bad late 90s Sarah Michelle Geller horror yeah. or something like that, right? Yeah. 
we all know that the walls have ears is, you know, something someone says to you. If conversation is easily overheard, someone's listening, as in be careful what you say, the walls have ears, right? Mm -hmm. This saying may come from a story about Dionysius of Syracuse. Now, Syracuse was an ancient city on the far eastern shores of Sicily. Mm -hmm. And it was invaded by the Athenians uh, during the Peloponnesian War. And the Spartans helped the Syracusans fight the Athenians off. And it was a big, big to do back then. So there was a leader of Syracuse named Dionysius who had an ear-shaped cave oh, weird. cut and connected between the rooms of his palace so that he could hear what was being said from another room. Oh, that's awesome. Interesting. Yeah, it's probably a, a fable or whatnot, but it's out there. Similar listening posts were installed in other palaces over the centuries, including the Louvre in Paris. In English, the phrase was first recorded in its present form in 1620. That idiom was born in the 17th century. So, and then I didn't know that. No, I didn't either. But nowadays, you know, it's the little listening <laughs> devices that we all put in our friends' homes and stuff like that. Yeah, that's Inst- so boring. Well, I know. It's not as creative Everyone's as so cutting boring. an ear-shaped cave between homes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's a great idea. Uh, and how did you know that was ear-shaped? I don't know. It's, it's just a cute story. So <laughs> That's cool. The walls have ears. Or, or the other one is like if the walls could speak, which I mean, I don't right. know where that or originated, but of course, you know, you understand what that means, but that's cool. Yeah. You know, maybe that I'll check that one out and see if that's next week's origin just to tie in yeah. with that. Cause that'd be a good one if it has a story like the ears one did. So that's cool. I'll look at it. I love it. I found a Star Trek magazine, 25 <laughs> years of Star Trek, the 25th anniversary special of Star Trek. So I thought, well, Star Trek started back in 1966. So that would put this magazine, because I was looking for a date, couldn't find one. That would put this magazine at 1991. That's 25 Uh, years. So then I thought, wait, 91 was 25 years? Where the crap are we right now? 54 (laughs) years of Star Trek now, people. What? Half a century. Oh, my gosh. So that was crazy, first of all. I'm looking through this magazine. I'm literally like floored at some of the things I'm noticing here because we were alive then. We know what it's like, we but were. I'm looking at these advertisements for these various shops that sell Star Trek memorabilia and I'm looking at it and it says, okay, PO box. It's got their address. It's got their phone number. And then it says, send $2 us for our 192 page color catalog. And then it goes from there and I'm like, where's their website? That's what I'm thinking. Where's their website? And then I'm going, Not 91. this dude. was 91. They didn't even have BBSs back then. And in fact, as far Not as quite. I know, most people didn't even have email addresses quite yet. I think that kind of came no, in, in like a couple years later. Yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking, whoa, this is like a time capsule, man. <laughs> I'm thinking this is crazy. Dude, yeah. Well, then I see this advertisement here for Star Trek, the next generation. And it says new ship, new crew, new adventures. And I'm like, wait, what? Oh my gosh. In 1991, all that Star Trek had was the original Trek crew and the next generation. That was it. There was no Voyager, Deep Space Nine, nothing. So then it says here, new on video cassette. DVD wasn't (laughs) even around back then. It's so fascinating to look back at things from, and this is only 29 years ago. That's crazy to think about. (laughs) So that was a little time capsule blast from the past that I had to share. I just thought that was really funny. One of the things we've been noticing is that if you watch many TV shows, and I think we've talked about this, is that people have this tendency to forgive each other and they come together and they forgive and they reconcile and they, you know, they admit their wrongs and, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, you're right. I'm sorry. And I got to thinking about that. I'm like, who does this? (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) this is great. This is so wonderful. But who actually admits they're wrong and and wreck? I mean, I know people do that. Don't get me wrong. I know people do. Sure, sure. I see it, you know, 
infinitely more in TV shows and movies than I do in real life. And I'm just like, okay, hold on. Why is this the case? And then, and then we're watching Cobra Kai and we're both like floored that Johnny and Daniel (laughs) can have a 35 year grudge. And today, right before we got on the show, I was like, that's more like reality. People having 35 year old grudges. That's more like true to real people than people admitting their wrongs and forgiving and reconciling. And it should be the opposite. Of course we talk about TV's fantasy and you know, that's not real, but it's like, this is actually something we can be like, we get to be like, and it's, it's a good thing. It's modeled. Well, like we should let our pride down. We should admit our wrongs. We should. And also get to, but it is a should too. It's a should. And a get to, we should, and we get to reconcile with people and move forward. Right. And especially like, it I, feels I, good though. It does. I, mean. I know it's, it's so <laughs> wonderful. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, if we, if we make a mistake and we know it's wrong, don't beat someone else up. Yeah. Just because it makes you feel better. So yeah. Critical thinking. Come on. Critical thinking. I know, uh, I know. Apply it towards yourselves. Sometimes it really helps, but it does make a lot of people uncomfortable. Do you and Sarah ever have reconciliations like that where you or she will say something that the other one doesn't agree with and you'll come to terms with it or you'll have a little bit of a tiff and then the next day or, or the next day, even that evening, you're fine again. Do you we have do. regular reconciliations? Okay. Yeah, we do. Which so is, I'm, by I'm, the way, in my, in my personal experience, that's very rare. And okay. it's also rare from what I know with a lot of marriages. But, okay. But we do reconcile because, well, we've had to learn too. We've had to learn how. We've had yeah. to learn how to communicate. And I mean, it's hard, but yes, we do. Okay. Well, good. So I, I just wonder if there's if there's something about the... Uh, in the shows that we watch and take that dynamic for granted, right? Because before you brought it up, I'd never thought of it before. You're right. And in in a lot of, especially TV, there's a conflict and then there's a resolution. That's like a formula that's tried and true through decades of of TV serials or whatever. Yeah. I wonder if how much of that reconciliation is between good close friends and whatnot and how much of it is between strangers or people who are just natural adversaries that's an interesting point because if you think about it, you're not going to have really any kind of depth in relationship with strangers or like, let's just be honest. Like many of you listening right now, we've either never talked or we've talked briefly. We've wow. never had an opportunity to get into any kind of an issue like that, that requires resolve unless somebody hates the show and says something, which I've <laughs> right. never actually heard anything like that. So that that's good. Usually these kind of interactions come with people that you interact with on a more regular basis. So it's going to be close friends, close family, people you work with, professionals, that kind of thing. Mostly. But at the same time, you're going to see it. So like, you know, we love to complain about our, our, you know, government officials because we see them or we like to complain about what famous people do because we see them, even Mm -hmm. though it's everywhere. So yeah, you know, (laughs) it's what it is. Now, granted, I have had to learn this over the years. Now, as a type seven, I just like to be friends with everybody. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I mean, I, I did have to learn this the hard way. You really have to learn how to own up to your own mistakes and you have to own up to things and you have to forget, you know, you have to apologize and, yes. you know, you have to be able to do that. It is not an easy process to have to go through, but I'm going to read an article though, because, you know, we've talked about Gene Roddenberry in the past, you know, and especially with Picard and stuff. And I had some things that I had read, but I actually have an article here that was an interview with Gene from his mouth before oh, okay. he died. I've talked about how Gene went through, you know, he was in the war. He was, he was in the police force and he always wanted to change people for the better. Like, let me help you. Let me, you know, essentially he was helping people to unleash their superheroes. Right. And people wouldn't change. They didn't want to hear him. So he created star Trek as here's the utopia that we could be. Here's the best of humanity. That's kind of what I've shared before on the show. 
Right. Which is why I love Star Trek so much, too. It's not just because it's sci-fi. It's because of the vision behind it. Yeah, it shows the potential of our species. Yeah. So interestingly enough, he actually set out with an agenda, which surprises me because you know how much I don't like agendas. Yeah. <laughs> which, In principle, yeah. Yeah. He wanted to go out and talk about... For example, labor and management, industrial military machines, pros and cons of socialism and capitalism, religion and other subjects. But of course, nobody wants to hear what your thoughts are. Like if I were to tell you on the show, you'd be kind of like, you know, stop. I don't really want to hear your thoughts. If they were to write an article about it or a story about it, people don't want to necessarily hear what you have to say. However, he had this idea of that. Well, what if I were to talk about these issues on far off planets? Mm, this yeah. this race and this species or what well this I guess it would be a race or a species 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 yeah a species like your mother so it's one <laughs> of those things where they are dealing with it in a far off planet humans aren't we're good we're humans are great but oh we can easily watch some other you know right. Klingon deal with it or whatever so it's like a it's like an analog for that social phenomenon that he's displaying. Yeah. Through the lens of another made up species, but he can still get his points across without triggering human pride. Is that what it might? I guess because, you know, right here? yeah, here we are talking <laughs> about that. We know you're right. Like here we are just right before I read this. I'm talking about how, you know, we got to let go of our pride and I'm like, oh, too close to home. Whoops. Already failed. If Gene Roddenberry <laughs> were sitting here right now, he'd smack me and say, dude, you just failed, man. You're supposed to talk about this stuff on a far off planet or something. And then you'd be like, I just got smacked by Gene Roddenberry. Gene, I'm never going to wash my face again. Exactly. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. Okay, there you go. We should have talked about the Klingons, how they have too much pride. Right. Idiots. Yeah. Actually, we'd be more like the Cardassians. Cardassians had too much pride. That would yes. have been a learning moment. Ugh, we failed already. Here we are. Narth- Here's what's amazing. This is why so many people had a problem with Star Trek Picard and the dystopian aspect that Picard brought. And even in some ways, Discovery has brought not this season very much, but in the past seasons. Okay. He was saying Star Trek is successful because it's one of the few science fiction stories done, which has a happy ending. Hmm. Yeah. We also have real heroes, almost old fashioned heroes, people who believed in their work, believed in honor who believed that things must be done at the cost of great danger and sometimes your life. It's an optimistic. I'm quoting this, by the way. It's an optimistic Mm. series. Star Trek not only says that the human race is going to make it. Oh, I love that. But that we're going to make it in a very civilized way. Looking different and being different will be okay. We oh, here's the other thing, too. This was the prime directive they talked about. We won't interfere with the evolvement of other peoples and civilizations. These are not warships going out, but spaceships exploring for new life, furthering the ideas of humanity. And then he wanted to say that Star Trek shows that we'll make it in a way he kept emphasizing this too. Star Trek shows that we'll make it in a way that makes fans want to say, wow, I can't wait to wake up tomorrow and see tomorrow begin to happen. Hmm. That's crazy. Interesting. Yeah. And then he said, that's a very powerful attitude. It's a very difficult thing to achieve. Overall, Star Trek is about a humanity, which made it with a great world of peace where the skies are blue and the water is clear It's a world where there is a promise for the future. And then he goes on to say, there is a future for us humans. The human adventure is only beginning. So I'm reading this and I'm going happy endings, positive. We've made it. People are the quote old fashioned heroes. They, they have honor. They work hard. You know, they, and I'm just sitting here thinking like, I can see why people now are having bad things to say about some of the current treks because Mm, yeah, much of that has been lost in discovery and in Star Trek Picard, sadly. 
and you know, I know I think it's being reborn in Discovery a little bit, though. I think it's honest. starting to. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, I think what they're trying to do is yeah. they're trying to make it more relatable. Like, well, but this is just the way humanity is. Well, Gene right. Roddenberry was trying to say, but this is the way the humanity could be. This is what we right. should strive for. And that is what drew me into Star Trek from the very beginning is I, I remember as a kid, you know, watching Star Trek thinking going, we could be like this, like we can be great. We can be better. And, and I did wake up every day wondering what the next day would bring. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. And I find that that's been lost in a lot of things, you know, like I'll watch a TV show and I don't go away with that happy ending. I don't go away with that positive optimism. I don't go away with that. Oh, what's tomorrow going to bring? I go yeah. away with, wow, that kind of sucks. And hmm, <laughs> what can I do to do better? Because I feel like I feel depressed now, you know? Yeah, a little bit. And so I mean, I can see why people would have that perspective. Yeah. What an incredibly inspiring and powerful thing from the mouth of Gene Roddenberry right before he died. That's the kind of stuff that I want to model after. You know, when it comes to stuff we talk about on the show, I love that. I want to go after that kind of thing. Right. When I watch Star Trek, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I want to see. And so, you know, we might as well just jump right into Star Trek Discovery, our, our review on that right now, because yeah. you're right. This season has been more like that, whereas the first two seasons really weren't. And as much as I enjoyed Star Trek Picard, looking at what he said in this interview, yeah, Picard actually didn't follow those ideals very well. Right. And that's yeah. sad. I'm hoping that as the show, if the show continues and evolves, that it will start to tend back towards that, like a the downward curve of a parabola, and then it starts yeah. to curve back up again. You know, we'll we'll see. That's what Discovery is doing. So yeah, it's the tension um, of the story that leads towards the resolve. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Or the climax, or the denouement. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have very, very little to say about the episode of Star Trek Discovery, except that yeah. one, it was directed by Jonathan Frakes which is awesome. Most of the episode was really good. I really enjoyed it. It was just the last like, I don't know, six to 10 minutes or so where I was just like, <laughs> what the heck is going on right now? It was, first of all, it was that over the top emotion, you know, a la baby Yoda style. We were talking about just like too much yeah. throwing it in your face, too much of that. Come on. And besides that, it was great. It was like the story ended at like, <laughs> I don't even know. Like I said, about six to 10 minutes before the episode ended, it's like the episode was over and they just kept going kept and you're going. like, this, yeah, was, this should have ended a while ago, guys. This is really bad. So, it's funny that you thought that because I, th- I, I put the same thing in my notes that, <laughs> nice. uh, that it felt like 10 minutes till 10 minutes from the, from the end of the episode. It was a fantastic up till then. Yeah. And then it's like the good writers brought in their B team and went home. That's what it felt <laughs> like. And it started right when I'm not, I'm not giving anything away. It started when, the brothers started chanting to the sea locusts. Oh, yeah. That doesn't tell you anything. Yep. But right at that Sounds part weird. of the episode, it went off the rails. It skip jumped. You were doing so good. And now what are you doing? Yeah. So yeah, it, it was an interesting episode like that. 80% awesome. And then 20%. What are you doing? They just dropped the balls what they did. That's yeah. all there is to it. So. Or, or they brought in like Grateful Dead, you know, and everybody <laughs> was just smoking marijuana and <laughs> tripping on acid. And that was, I, I don't know. Oh, we have to finish the script, you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, have the have the uh, discovery Whoa. shoot a beam at the planet while they're singing to these insects Whoa. and um, and then some awkwardness locusts. with Adira and uh, yeah then call it good. You know when you said <laughs> that these guys were chanting to sea locusts, I mean think about what you just said there. Hey, that sounds Star like Trek, an bro. acid trip, man. All right, let's talk <laughs> Mandalorian because that was fun. 
That is a conversation, and oh my goodness! Yeah, let me hold on. This was okay. This was my reaction right after the episode finished. Oh my god, that was badass! I mean, that was totally <laughs> that quote went through my head, dude. Oh yeah, we can both agree this was hands down the best episode of Mandalorian, and this is, in my opinion, how the show should have been from day one yeah. all the way to now. I mean, I know it can be done, guys. I still loved last week's episode. To me, that sure. was the best one for me up until this week's. And I'm like, okay, to me, this was equally as good as last week's with a different flair. Yeah. We're not going to spoil nothing. If you're watching The Mandalorian, if you haven't seen that episode with you know who in it, mm. you have something to look forward to. I'm just yeah. saying that. It's an episode that both new school and old school Star Wars fans yeah. can come together and agree that was fantastic star wars guys yeah and for those of you old schoolers who you know had certain characters that you were like oh i wish this character had more you know so on and so forth you know those kind of comments and all that there Mm -hmm. was just a lot of stuff brought together in this episode that gave justice to what should have been done or could have been done and it was not only justice but it was that that's why that quote that I just played went through my head because I was like, wow, holy cow. That was better than I could have imagined. Yeah. I I did not see this coming. So, and the actors did so, so well, so good. I mean, they they were glorious. They did such a great job. This was, I think the very first episode of the series that was not a side quest. Probably. Yeah. Even the first episode of season one was something of a side quest. It was, wasn't it? Everything really well, this was full on story. I guess the first, you're right. The very, very first pilot episode was more of a introduction. And so it wasn't really a side quest yeah. per se is more because that, no, it wasn't because that was, that was the main story. You're right. So <laughs> since the beginning, this is the first episode that has not had a side quest in it. It was actually all story, all movement forward. There were some surprises in it, some other things. And again, we're, we're trying not to do spoilers this time because we did a lot of spoilers no. le- last week. I will say yeah. though, that this episode, last week's episode, episode five and this week's episode, episode six together, 100% now negated any and all reason for episode four. <laughs> I'm serious. Like at last week I was like, yeah. well, there were a few things about this episode. Like, okay, there was no purpose to episode four, except that it was just like a little side quest, fun yeah. side quest. eye candy. That was he had it, to get his repaired. He had to get his ship Insta repaired somewhere. So. I know. But other than that, like <laughs> they could have seriously just said, Oh, he got a ship repaired and here we are. And, you know, they could have avoided episode four and we'd still have three more episodes instead of two. Yeah, that's I'm just saying that's my thing. Now, oh, you, that's fair. That's fair. One thing I wanted to bring up because this is not a spoiler at all. A couple things, actually, which I think you liked, which I thought was really cool, too. Is you were talking about the hyperspace effect around seeing oh. the actual Imperial cruiser you know going through hyperspace yeah, yeah which we've never seen was like something out of stargate but it was star wars and and uh i mean cool. it was just a perspective of a ship going through the star wars hyperspace that they haven't shown in star wars before i don't think not I in mean, live just, action no i just thought the atmospherics in general on this episode were really really well done yeah just like how they treated various starships and and you know how they filmed the starships both small and large it was just well choreographed and well yeah. done there was there was one awkward moment i'm not going to get into but other than that, I mean, it was just gold, pure Star Wars gold. Yeah. Grogu, of course, we know he uses the force and he's throwing people around and he's force choking. And I know you were talking about, wait, is he a dark side user? Yeah. And I thought this was an interesting point that, you know, we don't know yet. But one of the things that I've learned in the Star Wars lore is that 
every force user has the potential to use both. Right. You know, it's more of a matter of where it goes. What's the reason behind it? Is it anger? Is it, you know, choking is, is hate? <laughs> hatred leads to suffering. <laughs> choking, I would say, is more, more than likely anger driven. Choking in the force in, in the Star Wars canon has always been a dark side use of the force. Yeah. Now, if you played any of the Kyle Katarn video games, the Dark Forces, Jedi Outcast yes. games and all that. Oh, yes. Dark, he, dark Forces one. He could use them all. He could use lightning. He could use. Yes. He was a he was what they called a um, neutral force user. Okay. He was not dark side. He was not light side. Luke. They showed this a little bit in the movies in, in return of the Jedi and Jabba's palace. He forced chokes those Gamorrean guards. Right. And then of course, stories took off, you know, in books and stuff like that. See, and that I always thought we've had this canon. discussion before. I always thought he didn't force choke them. I thought he put them to sleep. They backed up and kind of slumped over. No, they dropped their weapons and <laughs> grabbed their necks. Okay. Okay. So that was part of it. Um, and then the other thing, so, so people had talked about, and again, some story had gone on about that. Once again, Luke could kind of, utilize both sides of the the force use because Anakin could too, you know, so on and so forth. So anyway, there's a lot of mystery behind it, but what's the truth? I don't know. So is Grogu dark side? Is he light side? I don't know. Well, I guess we're going to find out. Maybe he's both. Maybe he can do, maybe Yoda could do both, but chose not to. I don't know. Maybe Moff Gideon wants him to become a dark side user. I don't want to give anything else away. No, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, there's so many, they're finally throwing in some things here that create mystery and, conversation which is what yeah, a good show should make, do and make you want to look forward to the next episode instead of wonder is the next episode going to be another side quest yeah yeah good job robert rodriguez did the directing on this one who yeah, great. what has he directed before i have no clue you, never have you heard, heard of him name. okay nope. okay well he did such a good job he so did. that was great kudos to robert rodriguez and i'm hoping now for a little superhero team up between mando and a few other characters <laughs> i'm really <laughs> yeah. hoping that'll come together like a Mando Justice League. Let's yes. do it. Yes. That'd Come be on, awesome. All right. So, you know, Christmas movies are in full swing if you get into those kind of things. And I got a couple of movies that I'm extremely excited to go check out on Netflix. Haven't watched them, so I don't know if they're any good or not. But one's called Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, which hmm. thinking of that title, you go, that sounds kind of dumb. But <laughs> I, I saw the preview of it and I thought this was Force Whitaker's in it. And I thought this looks amazing. It's very magical looking. And hmm. so I'm thinking like, this will be really cool, but what a dumb name. They should have named it something else, whatever. <laughs> and then the other one, which it's actually rated G. It's one of those probably Hallmark style movies. It's based on a true story and it's called Operation Christmas Drop. Again, it's on Netflix. One of those movies that I'm very curious to check out to see if it's any good. So those are two movies that okay. I'm going to check out. If you want to check them out, then we can all talk about them next week. Send in your thoughts and your reviews. Love to hear about it. Amen, brother. Deep thoughts with Captain Influence. If Boba Fett walks into a cantina and sees some dude wearing a Sullust Sarlax jersey, that dude is going to die. You know what the music means. <sighs> Time to go, dude. man. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it so much. We're having always a lot of fun. We've got some people who may be able to join us in the next couple of weeks. Got a lot of interest, which is exciting. It's just all about scheduling. Excellent. We have some very fun topics to discuss next week as well. But go to the show notes, realbryanshow.com. Get all the links, music, and everything. Thanks for joining us. Have a glorious week, and The Real Brian Show is signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.